Hey guys, I always love it when we have first timers on the show. We've had some people on three or four times and uh, I, I love that too, obviously, but I love to get the newer listeners on the show with some stories. And I've got Sunny from Texas on and she's got some stories that involve the paranormal and it involves, uh, we'll say cryptids since we really don't know how to define it. And uh, I'm excited to hear all these stories because I haven't heard any of them yet. Sunny, thanks for coming on. Hi, Jerry. Thank you for having me on. Well, I, as I usually do in these situations, Sonny, is I just turn it completely over to you. Since you have a couple of different types of stories, let's lead off with some paranormal stories, and then we'll finish with your uh, cryptid stories. Okay. Well, and I'm, I'll just kind of do them in chronological order as they started. Um I live in a very rural area, very small. You can't even really call it a town. It's more a community. And the majority of these have actually happened here on our little three and a half acres that I grew up on with my grandparents. Um, the very first one that I can remember was actually when I was in kindergarten. And believe it or not, the only reason I remember that is because it was the night of my kindergarten graduation. And I remember seeing my little white graduation robe hanging up in the closet. Yeah, it's always but, a big moment in somebody's life. The graduation. Oh yeah. uh, <laughs> kindergarten graduation is one of my biggest accomplishments <laughs> so far. <laughs> so, but I was actually in bed asleep and something woke me up from the other room. I believe my mom and my grandparents were still awake. And it was just them talking and hearing the TV that woke me up. Um, but I do remember very vividly that I was completely awake. I wasn't dreaming. I actually sat up in the bed um, and was looking over toward the closet. And there was a almost perfectly round, glowing, bluish orb in the room. And it moved across past the wall over in front of my kindergarten graduation robe that was hanging in the closet um and kind of moved around it it kind of it wasn't a dust speck it wasn't headlights coming through the window from outside because there's no such thing as headlights anywhere near us especially in the middle right. of the night <laughs> so and everybody was in the house so it wasn't a flashlight um but it was just like i said almost perfectly round a bluish shade glowing and it just kind of moved around in that area for several seconds I don't think it would be even a full minute but for maybe half a minute or so it just moved around in the area of the corner in front of the closet over past the wall and then it was gone and I took off into the living room to tell everybody hey look you guys aren't going to believe this but this is what just happened well being in kindergarten I could not convince anybody that it had really happened everybody just you were dreaming you had a big day no I was awake I promise here's what I saw never could convince anybody that it was true I mean you but, just graduated where's the credibility at I'm, I'm telling you I was a scholar at that point <laughs> and nobody would take me seriously so, but if you fast forward within the next couple of years, we had a couple other things happen that at that point actually made my grandmother, um, 
she remembered that and kind of took it a little more seriously. But about a year, maybe two later, my mother and my grandma had gone to see a movie and my grandpa and I were home alone. And the way the little old house was set up, when you were standing behind the kitchen island, you were looking out the windows onto the front porch. And we had porch swings, one on each end of the porch. And my grandpa and I were at the sink cleaning up our dinner dishes. And I looked up out the window onto the porch, and there was a woman sitting in the porch swing. Um, I would say Victorian-style dress. Everything about her was some shade of gray or white. Everything was either anywhere from white to a dark gray. Her, you could tell that she was wearing a dress. You could really only see from about her waist up, but you could just tell that it was long sleeve dress with the high collar that came all the way up her neck. Her hair was pulled up into a bun on the back of her head. And she was just sitting in the swing looking straight ahead, not into the house. She was looking straight ahead across to the other end of the porch. And I told my, my granddaddy, I said, um, granddaddy, there's somebody on the porch. And he looked up, just glanced up, saw the gray hair and said, oh, your mama and your granny must have come back from the movies. And they decided to just sit out on the porch and talk for a while. And I said, mm -mm, that's not granny. <laughs> so he looks back up and really looks and he goes, oh, you're right. That's not your granny. So he grabs a cup towel, dries his hands, walks around the end of the island. And I'm right behind him. And we walk around the island to the door, open the door. And when he opens the door and we step out onto the porch, there's no one there. We looked. He looked. You know, he was not a say paranormal type at all so next thing i know we've got flashlights and we're out in the yard but <laughs> there <laughs> there was nobody to be found so of course whenever my it was another hour or so before my mom and my grandmother got home and i'm telling them all about it and my grandpa is convinced that somehow did y'all come home sit on the porch for a while and leave and my grandma's like where in the hell would we go <laughs> No, we didn't come home and leave again. And so I, we're and we both saw it. So we were both able, thank God, to tell them about it. It wasn't just me that saw it. Um, and it just kind of died down after that. Nobody really talked about it much anymore until um, maybe a couple months later, my grandmother was standing in the same spot that my grandfather and I had been at the kitchen island. This time it was during the day and she looked out the window and if you went down our steps, we're kind of on top of a hill. And if you went down the steps, she had a bird bath, an old concrete bird bath with the squirrel, you know, that sits in the middle. And she looks up at the bird bath and there is a young boy she described as in the eight to 10 year old range. Uh, but that was dressed all in white and gray. He had on, I don't really know what you call it, but like the kind of hat that you would see them wearing in Newsboys. Oh, yeah. um, he had on knee socks 
with the kind of short pantaloons with the cuff that just kind of came down right below the knee and the like the socks or stockings came all the way up um button down the front long sleeve jacket with white shirt underneath it and he was just standing next to the birdbath with his hands just crossed in front of him and she's thinking who in the heck is this kid in the yard and why is he dressed like that it's not halloween you know (laughs) what's going on (laughs) so she does the same thing walks around to the front door opens the door steps out onto the porch and there's nobody there at first she didn't tell anybody but me whenever i got home from school that afternoon she's like sonny come here and tells me what she saw and i'm like did you are you sure she's like yes i'm very sure was this kind of like what you saw with the lady yes you know same color scheme maybe period style of dress um so then she finally told my mom and my grandpa but i don't think that she was ever willing to tell anybody else outside of like the household what was seen and very and i I realize that that's not a me story but it's you know kind of related to the scenario sure but and it was very shortly after that again during the daytime and with my grandfather standing in the same spot behind the kitchen island um well actually both of them were in there that day and he looked up and there was a woman in what he described as a gray business suit walking up the steps coming like to the front door like she was about to knock on the front door so he walks around goes over and opens the door and there is nobody on the porch there's no vehicle in the driveway there's nothing so within a couple of month time frame we had three individual you know what i would call sightings or apparitions in a you know really short time span there that it was only myself and my grandparents that ever saw those um but it's just been something that we kind of we always had it to talk about my grandfather didn't want to he was just like oh it was just weird you know she must have took off somewhere else what did she do did she sprint like they (laughs) they (laughs) Usain Bolt yes exactly (laughs) so um maybe a few years after that my mom and I actually um, moved home on to my grandparents' property. They still lived in the house that my grandfather built when I was a kid. and But she and I had moved into this mobile home that was on the property. And I was asleep in my bedroom. Something woke me up. And at this point, we're probably third grade at this okay. point. Um, something woke me up. And... As I'm, I had the big, like, what I call bay window, that kind of classic oh, yeah. single wide yeah, trailer house window yeah. <laughs> at the end of the house. And I was sitting up in my bed, just looking out the window um, outside, kind of trying to figure out what it was that had woken me up. And some, I really don't know what else to call it besides maybe an orb. This one was not blue. It was green. Um, it was bigger than the one that I had seen in the the house when I was in kindergarten. Um, but it had a blue hue to it and it was almost perfectly round and it was just going past my window outside, not inside. It was outside 
and it just went very slowly um, past the window and kind of stopped and hovered there for a minute around the center of the window and then kept moving on past the end of the house. And it, you know, it maybe took 15 seconds for the entire encounter to happen. Um, in my head as a kid, I don't know why, but I remember thinking to myself, oh God, it's a witch. I don't know why. That's what popped into my head. But as a kid looking out the window and seeing, you know, trees out and, and everything, it was just creepy. And I was like, oh, it's a, a witch just went by the window. Now, of course, I don't believe that that's what it was, but I do very vividly remember seeing this light go by. And again, it's it wasn't a reflection. It wasn't a beam. It was an orb of its own that was emitting its own light. And that is outside of my, shall we say, cryptid experiences. That's um, all that has happened here on the property so far. But my husband and I, finally got to take our first real vacation this past year and we went to eureka springs arkansas nice, and we stayed nice place. it really was so nice and so much fun and we stayed in the basin park hotel and while we were there um i of course was insistent that we do the ghost tour of the hotel I wanted to do the ghost tour of the Crescent Hotel also, but it was happening on the same night and it was quite a bit mm. more expensive at the time. So we stuck with the hotel that we were staying in. Um, but the ghost tour wasn't until the second night that we stayed at the hotel. The first night um, we got checked in, got into our room, went and just kind of walked around town, had found something for dinner. Um came back to our room and were settling in for the evening. And it was probably fairly close to midnight at this point. And we started hearing quite a bit of footsteps right above us. Like the, it would be, you know, the floor right above us. Um, right. And we were thinking, man, I don't know what they're doing up there, but they're, they're having fun. Um, <laughs> It didn't sound like a huge group of people or anything, but it sounded like at least two sets of footsteps walking around um, right above our room. And a couple of times during the night, maybe around 3 a.m. and again around 4, I woke up to the sound of the footsteps and said, yeah, they really are having a good time. They've been up there for several hours. Well, my alarm was set for 6 because we had plans for that first full day of our vacation and at six o'clock I got up and went into the bathroom of our room and as I'm standing at the sink something that to me if it'll help you kind of imagine the sound it sounded like a marble hit the floor up above us okay um on the floor above us it sounded like um a marble hit the floor and rolled across the floor I was like what in the hell <laughs> was that and I looked at my husband. He was still laying in the bed, but he was awake and was talking to me. I said, did you hear that? He said, yeah, it sounded like something rolled across the floor up above us. I said, yeah, I guess somebody else had to get up and get ready to go as well. So they're moving around upstairs above us. Well, we have our whole day of fun in Eureka Springs. And that night, we're going to have the ghost tour of the hotel that we're in. We were on the 
fifth floor of the hotel. And I don't know if you're familiar with the Basin Park Hotel or not, but it's six floors. So there was only I'm one. Not, I'm not familiar with that one at all. When you said Eureka Springs, I automatically went to you were going to the Crescent. And then when you mentioned <laughs> that one, I, my mind automatically went to, I need to look this up because this sounds like a story we can do. Yeah, I, I definitely I would recommend it because it was a very interesting hotel. Um, and we do want to go back and stay at the Crescent. But um, we the ghost tour that night started on the sixth floor because of the experiences that we had the night before and into that morning, I assumed that there were rooms up above ours. Well, what I didn't know until we got up there for the tour to start was that all that is on the sixth floor is what's called the barefoot ballroom. Um, as well as an event room that they use for weddings and receptions, etc. And that's it. It's mostly just open with a couple room divisions um, for the different events to happen. <clears throat> and my husband and I are looking at each other and we're going, I, I could have sworn that there would have been hotel rooms above us because that's the the type of sounds i said well they must have had something going on up here last night so the tour starts and um the woman starts telling us about some of the things that are known to happen in the hotel and there's a lot of activity that happens on the sixth floor and then she starts to tell us the sixth floor is completely off limits unless there is an event happening upstairs or a tour is happening. Otherwise, the elevator is locked where you cannot access the sixth floor because there is also roof access from the sixth floor. So they lock the elevator where you can't just go up and get out on the sixth floor. Um, and there's literally supposed to be no one up there, again, unless there is an event or a tour happening. So we asked... <laughs> Did you do a tour last night? No, we only do it on this night and this night during the week. Was there an event up here last night? No, they only do that <laughs> on the weekends. You know, it, it's all locked up and closed up. There was nothing going on up here last night. So, again, my husband and I are just kind of looking at each other and we tell the tour guide, okay, so we are directly below this and here's what we heard last night footsteps and something rolling across the floor and she stops everything and goes hey everybody listen to this listen to this and makes us stand there and tell them about what we heard coming from right above our heads the night before and of course early that morning and as the tour progresses on the sixth floor we go over into um the it starts in what they call the barefoot ballroom but then you go into another room that has double doors that are actually locked and come to find out with the layout of the hotel that area we went into with the double doors that were locked is what's above was directly above our room so where we heard the footsteps and something hitting the floor and rolling across it would have happened inside that area and she said that that area was known for being haunted by a little girl who liked to play um, in that room and that she liked to come out 
um, they used a lot of EMF detectors and some other equipment and that if you caught her on the right night, she liked to play. So as we were in that room, there was a lot of activity on the EMF detectors and we never heard or saw anything, but it was very interesting to know once we saw that area that was directly above our room and to know that there was nobody allowed in there, that there had been no event happening in there the night before. And yet we still heard these footsteps and something rolling across the floor. Um, I mean, we were so excited. It was just, and my husband is not a believer, but by the time we left that ghost tour that night, he had his own EMF detector. <laughs> he was, <laughs> There was a woman on the tour who said that she was a sensitive and he kind of like attached himself to her and they went down these hallways and, you know, look at this and put the EMF detector over here. By the time we were done that night, he was Googling places back home in Texas that we could go visit to do a tour and, you know, do a ghost tour. So I, the Basin Park Hotel in Eureka, Spring, Eureka Springs kind of made a little bit more of a believer out of him. <laughs> But we both wondered, would we experience the same things again that night? And we did. Um, once we got back to our room that night after the tour and we're kind of settling in, um, we heard footsteps above us again. And, and we initially said, we got to give it some time because surely they're going to go back up there, check everything, make sure all the doors are closed and locked and everything is shut down for the night. But when it happened again, around 1 30 in the morning and then again around three o'clock in the morning we decided at that point they would have been done with their shutdown and so we were probably right. hearing the the same visitors that we had heard the night before so it was a it was a really fun experience there and to get to actually hear something and and use some of the equipment even if it was just for about an hour and a half was a really neat experience to have there really cool Tell me about Fred. Okay. So Fred is what I call our local Sasquatch. I call him Fred. And to clarify, I do not know what Fred actually is or if Fred is even just one thing. But if there's any sort of vibe, we blame it on Fred. So for, I literally grew up on this property. Um, I've never been more comfortable anywhere in my life. I ran around this hill as a child, barefooted, you know, in the dark. It it didn't matter. There's nothing uncomfortable about this place for me. But every now and then, when you come outside, there's something that's not quite right. Everything is quiet. There's no no birds, no bugs, no frogs, nothing. And even like the dogs would not want to come outside. And again, we're in the country. So you could chalk that up to there might be a wild hog somewhere close by. There might That's be a bobcat. True. You know, there could be something. But sometimes there's just more. It just doesn't feel quite right. Well, mm, six years ago now, um. My husband was working nights at the time. It was actually before we got married. And I was sitting out here on the porch like I'm doing now. And I was talking to him on the phone. And I heard something. And I think that we were probably talking about The Walking Dead at the time. 
And I told him, shh, you know, wait, be quiet, be quiet. And I listened and the porch light was on and just outside of where the light would reach, which was probably maybe 50 to 60 feet from where I was sitting, there was a very loud, very heavy, very labored breathing. Um, and I hate to do this terrible um, imitation of this, but it was very, <gasps> it, it sounded like a, it's, it's hard to explain, but it was a very deep, very loud and knowing from how far away it was coming, um, it shouldn't have been that loud. You know, you could kind of tell where it was coming from. Um, and I told my husband, I said, there's something out here. I don't know what it is. Um, but whatever it is, is big and breathing very hard. And of course his response was to start making fun of me and <laughs> said, mm -mm, don't make fun of me. There's something out here. So he started to talk again and I told him, no, be quiet. Just, I need to see if maybe you can hear this. And I held my phone up where he could, to see if he could hear the sound and He's like, well, I hear breathing, but is that you? And I'm like, I don't breathe like that. <laughs> I've, never, I've never sounded like that. So <laughs> the only other person that was actually here on the property at the time was my grandfather. And he was asleep in his recliner. And I slowly got up and went back into the house to look and make sure that he was still in the house. And he was in his chair, sound asleep. He doesn't breathe like that either. Um, but I stayed out here for a few minutes listening and before I finally decided it's, I'm not really sure what that is and it's making me uncomfortable. So it's time to go inside. And that's when I finally let my husband, my fiance at the time, I let him start talking again. And I'm like, I can't believe that, you know, you could hear it too. And he's like, I didn't hear all I heard was breathing. Yeah. But if you could hear it from that far away, it was pretty, it's pretty intense. Well, this happened in early October, um, about two weeks before we went on an annual campout that we have. And this particular year, the campout was being held about a mile and a half from us, but it's about a mile and a half way down a very rural county road. Um, all that is down there is a very, is a hundred year old church. And there's not even any homes within probably a half a mile of this church. And the first night of the camp out, the only people that were there at the time were myself and who I call my adopted parents. Um, everybody else was coming in the next day. My husband was still working nights, so he wasn't, he was about an hour and a half away from us. And I woke up in the middle of the night to my adopted parents dog barking I mean just crazy crazy barking and I was like what on earth is out there that's got him you know barking like this and when he finally stopped something um so where our tents were set up we're going to say is on the right side of the county road maybe about 60 70 feet away from the county road and the dog was to my right. When he stopped barking, 
something on the other side of the county road. So would have had to have been 60, 70, 80 feet away from me. <sighs> Started talking to the dog. I don't know how else to describe it except to say that it was talking. It was a very gruff, gravelly sound that <clears throat> it had a growl to it almost. But if you really listened, it gave you the impression that if this thing knew how to speak English, that it could. There were no words, of course, you know, that I could understand, but there was just a, a tone to the sound that it was making that was, you know, if it if it was familiar with the language that it might be able to speak it. But you could hear something. You could hear something. Um, there is a barbed wire fence on the other side of that county road, and it sounded like it was coming from like just on the other side of the barbed wire fence. Fred and the dog went back and forth with each other um, for at least a good half hour. The dog barked just incessantly, and when it would finally stop, whatever this other thing was would start talking to the dog again i was that's the only time of with anything like this that i've ever been scared like truly scared it was about 1 30 in the morning and i was my heart was in my throat and i was so scared i didn't want to move to make a sound inside my tent um i didn't want to move a leg i didn't want to breathe mm -hmm. <laughs> um, I didn't even want to pull the covers up over my head because I was afraid that would make a sound. So I just laid there and listened to it going back and forth until it finally stopped. And I know it took at least another couple hours before I was able to relax enough that I let myself go back to sleep because I still wasn't going to move. Um, but couple hours or so after it ended, I finally allowed myself to go back to sleep, but I would not get out of the tent until I could see that the sun was coming up outside. I hadn't heard anything in hours, um, but I waited until I could see that the sun was coming up outside before I was willing to come out of the tent and kind of figure, you know, see if I could breathe again. Um, and of course, my what I call my adopted dad snores <laughs> really bad. So his wife wears, she sleeps with earplugs in. And I asked her, I said, did y'all hear any of that? You know, here's what happened. This is what I heard. And she said, all I heard during the night was a dog barking, but that must've been Mr. Johnson's dog, a you know, couple miles away. And I was like, that was your dog right outside your tent. <laughs> you just didn't realize it because you had your earplugs in. So she didn't hear any of it. Papa didn't hear any of it because he slept through it snoring. Um, and I have not heard anything like that again. And because of it, I have listened to several supposed audio clips on, say, YouTube, etc. of um, what is believed to be, say, Bigfoot or Sasquatch talking and I've even had people play them for me and say, is this what it sounded like? Nope, it didn't sound anything like that. Um, 
it's very hard to describe what it did sound like. And if I ever hear it again, I will recognize it immediately because there's nothing else that sounds like it. And I grew up in these woods. I know what the hogs sound like. I know what the deer sound like. I know what the bobcats and um, all the other, I know, you know, even the deer, they make this really weird grunting sound that if you weren't familiar with it, you might go, oh my gosh, what is that? But I know all those sounds of our native wildlife and I've never heard anything like that before or since. I've heard so, that a bob a bobcat actually sounds like a woman screaming. Is that what your take is? Um, the cougars actually, the mountain lions sound a little more like that, um, but the bobcats can. the The mountain lions though have a pretty theirs is pretty intense and sound a lot like a woman screaming. Um, but the bobcats can kind of do that too, but it's not quite as quite as intense as the the cougars. Out here, of course, we have the, everybody will tell you that there are, they call it a panther, that there's black panthers out here. And the people will tell you, the experts will say, you know, no, there's no such thing. But there's too many people out here that have seen it. And I don't actually think it's a panther. I would think it's probably a black cougar, which is not common or, you know, really known. But it's at least every few years there's a sighting out here of a large black cat um but this was not a shriek it was it was like this thing was trying to have a conversation with the dog and um almost led me to my demise but (laughs) (laughs) hopefully i won't freak out as bad if i ever hear it again so you're but, not a hundred percent sure that the two instances you had out on your porch with the heavy breathing and that thing are the same creature. I am not a hundred percent sure. And I never saw anything both times. It was just something that I heard. Um, I feel like it was probably the same thing because they were so close in proximity to each other and in time um, that I feel like it was probably either the same creature or at least same type of creature but that's not that's not a hundred percent certain a lot of time with these uh sightings or in your case hearings there is a distinct smell that comes along did you happen to to remember if there was any kind of smells on either one of those occasions on either one of those i did not smell anything um i don't know if it's because of the distance Um, I know when they talk about, you know, say, for example, the skunk ape, Mm -hmm. they say that it is such a strong, overpowering smell that you can smell it from quite a distance away. Um, But with neither one of these did I smell anything at all that was different from, you know, just the normal night around me. Hmm. Well, Sonny, I greatly appreciate you taking the time to share these stories. I know. Some people don't like to share in an open forum because they're uh, afraid of ridicule or what have you. So it's always it's always cool when somebody's willing to say they don't care about that part of it. And they'll they'll take the ridicule to get the story out. Well, and I'll tell you, that's one of the main reasons that I was volunteered. Um, I don't get to tell a lot of people this. Um the only people that I've really talked to about it are really close friends or really close family um, because you don't want everybody just thinking, oh, she's 
she's a nut or she's trying to get attention or, you know, she was asleep and just thought that she heard or saw this. Um, so it's refreshing to get to tell it to somebody that won't think I'm a nut right off the bat. I don't think you do. <laughs> you well, might I don't, <laughs> I don't, but for the 20,000 people that are going to listen to it, I mean, I can't vouch for all of them. <laughs> well, yeah, but you know, I'm never going to meet them probably. So it's okay. <laughs> Sonny, I, I appreciate you coming on. It was fun. It really was. Thank you so much for having me on. I really do appreciate it.